0: Welcome, my friends, to A New Day and A New You. This is Sherry Turner. I am here to encourage, educate, and help you to a healthier place in your life. Last week, we looked at vitamin E. Vitamin E is a fat-soluble vitamin that has antioxidant properties for the cell and can be exclusively obtained from your diet. Vitamin E protects the cell membranes from oxidation by those free radicals or those wild child scavengers. It is also important in skin and eye health. Today, we complete the fat-soluble vitamin family. In review, fat-soluble vitamins play an important role in many of the physiological processes such as vision, bone health, immune function, and blood coagulation. Fat-soluble vitamins, which are A, D, E, and K, are dissolved in fats and enter the bloodstream through lymph channels in the intestinal wall. They are carried by certain proteins to their destinations. Excess fat soluble vitamins are stored in the liver and fatty tissues. They are called on when needed, kind of like time release vitamins. Fat soluble vitamins are present in foods containing fats. The body absorbs these vitamins as it does dietary fats. They do not dissolve in water. Today, we will take a closer look at vitamin K. Let's begin today with what is vitamin K? Vitamin K is, of course, a fat soluble vitamin. It helps to make various proteins that are needed for blood clotting, which is called coagulation, and also for building of our bones. Prothrombin is a protein that depends on vitamin K and is directly involved with blood clotting. Osteocalcin is also another protein that requires vitamin K to produce healthy bone tissue. Because vitamin K storage is limited, the body recycles vitamin K in order to reuse it multiple times. Vitamin K is the essential cofactor or partner for the proteins that are also involved in bone metabolism, prevention of vessel mineralization, and the regulation of various functions of cells, and then, of course, blood clotting. Vitamin K is found throughout the body, including the liver, brain, heart, pancreas, and bone. Let's take a deeper look into vitamin K and some of those health benefits. Number one, let's start with blood clotting. Vitamin K helps to make four of the 13 proteins needed for blood clotting, which helps stop wounds from continuously bleeding so they can heal. It helps form that scab when we cut ourselves. Because vitamin K is important in clotting, there's a warning. People who are prescribed anticoagulants, and those are called blood thinners, to prevent blood clots from forming in the heart, lung, or legs are often informed about vitamin K. Because of its blood clot action, Vitamin K has the potential to counteract the effects of blood thinning medications. Number two, let's look at vitamin K and bone health. Vitamin K is involved with the production of proteins in bone, including osteocalcin, which is needed to prevent the weakening of bones. Some studies have shown that higher vitamin K intakes are associated with a lower incidence of hip fractures and low bone density. Also, low blood levels of vitamin K have been linked to low bone density. How about heart disease? A few studies have researched the role of vitamin K for heart health. Vitamin K is involved with the production of matrix GLA proteins, or the MGP, which help to prevent calcification or hardening of the heart arteries, which is a contributor to heart disease. Because research in this area is very limited, additional studies are needed before a recommended specific amount of vitamin K is given. We know what vitamin K is and that it could help with blood clotting, bone health, and possibly heart disease. So where is vitamin K found? Vitamin K is actually a group of compounds. The most important of these compounds appears to be vitamin K1 and vitamin K2. This essential micronutrient isn't just found in vegetables. It can also be found in certain types of fruit, meat, dairy, and fermented foods. It is even produced inside your own body by your good gut bacteria. Vitamin K1 is the most common source that is present primarily in plant foods like your leafy greens, such as spinach, kale, broccoli, cabbage, collard, turnip greens, Brussels sprouts, and lettuces. Also look for K1 in soybean and canola oil and your fortified meal replacement shakes. Vitamin K1 is best known for its role in promoting the blood coagulation process. Let's go on to K2. Vitamin K2 is found in animal products and fermented foods. Foods high in this vitamin include meat, dairy, eggs, and natto. And natto is a traditional Japanese dish composed of fermented soybeans. It is also produced by the beneficial bacteria in your gut microbiome. Vitamin K2's exclusive role is reducing arterial calcification. It also shares the function with vitamin K1 that is related to the bone, brain, and gut health. I'm going to just review quickly vitamin K3 because you may have seen it in the past. Vitamin K3 is a synthetic artificially produced form of vitamin K that doesn't occur naturally. This is unlike vitamin K1 and K2, which we can get in our food sources. Though vitamin K3 isn't legally sold in supplementation form for humans due to its safety concerns, it's commonly used in poultry and pig feed, as well as commercial pet foods for dogs and cats. Research from the 1980s and the 1990s has demonstrated that vitamin K3 is harmful to humans. These studies have linked vitamin K3 to liver damage and the destruction of oxygen-carrying red blood cells. So, only the K1 and K2 forms of vitamin K are available as dietary supplements and prescriptions. Even though there are harmful effects of vitamin K3 in humans, The vitamin hasn't demonstrated harm to livestock or pets when added to feed in regulated doses. So how much do we need of vitamin K? This essential vitamin is found primarily in green vegetables, fruits, fermented foods, and animal products, which makes it easy to meet your needs through a healthy and well-balanced diet. There is no RDA for vitamin K. On labels, we see adequate intake, or the abbreviation AI. This is the intake at a level that is assumed to ensure nutritional adequacy, established when evidence is insufficient to develop an RDA. The adequate intake for adults 19 years and older is 120 micrograms for males and 90 micrograms of vitamin K for females. I have put a chart on my website for the adequate intake for vitamin K for all age groups. If you are focusing on eating a nutrient-rich diet, it is easy to meet your needs for vitamin K. Before we move on, I have just a few of the top vitamin K sources of food, and I will give a complete list on my website. One of the top foods is natto. Three ounces of natto has 850 micrograms of vitamin K, which is 708% of the daily value. This has a big punch for a small amount, so be very careful. Another good source is kale. About a half a cup cooked is 531 micrograms, which is over 100% of the daily value. The next is spinach. A half cup cooked is 445 micrograms, which again is over 100% of the daily value. Brussels sprouts, a half a cup cooked is 109 micrograms, which is 91% of the daily value. Cabbage, a half a cup cooked is 81.5 micrograms, which is 68% of the daily value needed of vitamin K. A kiwi, one cup is 71 micrograms or 59% of the daily value. Chicken breast, three ounces cooked is 51 micrograms or 43% of the daily value. An avocado, one cup, is 31.5 micrograms or 26% of the daily value. Blackberries, one cup has 29 micrograms or 24% of your daily value of vitamin K. So you see, it's very easy to meet your vitamin K need by just eating healthy and focusing on nutritional food. But if your diet is high in ultra-processed foods or high in refined sugars, those foods are all low in vitamin K. If these nutrient-poor foods make up a large part of your diet, it could mean you're not getting enough of this key vitamin. Vitamin K deficiency in adults is rare, but may occur in people taking medications that block vitamin K metabolism, such as antibiotics, or in those with conditions that cause malabsorption of food and nutrients, such as Crohn's disease or active celiac disease. Again, while vitamin K deficiencies are pretty uncommon, you could be at higher risk if you take a drug that interferes with vitamin K absorption, are severely malnourished, or drink alcohol heavily. In any of these cases, a healthcare provider might suggest a vitamin K supplement for you. Are there health risks from excessive vitamin K? From the NIH website, it states scientists have not been able to establish a tolerable upper intake level for vitamin K. Further studies are needed. In its report, they stated that, quote, no adverse effect associated with vitamin K consumption from food or supplements have been reported in humans or animals, unquote. Please be advised that you can meet your vitamin K needs daily. By a balanced diet, which includes some of the foods we discussed earlier. Also check my website for a list of vitamin K in some of our basic foods. And FYI, antibiotic medicines may destroy vitamin K producing bacteria in your gut and potentially decreasing vitamin K levels. This can happen if you take the medication for more than a few weeks. People who have poor appetite while using long-term antibiotics may be at greater risk for a deficiency and may benefit from a vitamin K supplement. If this sounds like you, please check with your physician. In summary, vitamin K helps to make various proteins that are needed for blood clotting and the building of our bones. Vitamin K is a group of fat soluble compounds divided into vitamin K1 and vitamin K2. Vitamin K1 is mainly found in your leafy green vegetables, while vitamin K2 comes from animal source foods such as liver, butter, and egg yolks. Small amounts are also produced by gut bacteria in your colon. Most people get plenty of vitamin K through their diets if they focus on a variety of nutrient rich green vegetables meats, and fermented foods. Please talk with your healthcare provider if you have a specific health concern. I am so proud of you for desiring a healthier you starting today. We are in week 23, so please go back to past refinement podcasts to catch some important topics as you build your knowledge. If you are new to refinement, your move or your exercise goal is 15 to 20 minutes per day for five days this week. If you have been part of refinement for many weeks, your move goal continues to be 40 minutes for five days this week. Please adjust your weekly goals to reach your personal goals. Day by day, meal by meal, you can build your inner armor to help your immune system fight the world of illness and disease. You can do this. You are worth it. I believe you are on the road to success. You know, sometimes life can be challenging, stressful, and downright negative. This week, let's focus on something positive. The week's quote, When you see something beautiful in someone, tell them. It may take a second to say, but for them, it could last a lifetime. My challenge to you is at least once this coming week, find something positive a family member, friend, co-worker, or stranger does and compliment them not only could it change their life, it may enrich your life as well. Have a great week.